It's the Dogcast episode number 457. Hey, it's G-Day. We got the G-Day post-game show. The new guy is back for more. And we are having a little audio difficulty. Sounds great, but I'm in one ear. Jamie's in the other ear. Hope you don't have a seizure. fans it's the dogcast episode number 457 we are back in the bunker after a successful g-day game this past weekend uh the red and black game the g-day game which is no longer opposite the masters me and jamie are back in the bunker i i guess we used to have old dog now we have just new guy i'm still calling him new guy and I will also tell you, before he gets all wound up, we totally did a pregame show last week, but the sound quality, holy crap, Jamie sounded like a uh, somebody in witness protection on 60 Minutes, so we just trashed the whole show. It was just unlistenable, and we're back tonight, and we're ready to talk about G-Day. We can do a little bit of, I don't know, Jamie, no, there's no point in doing pregame at this point. I guess we're just going to talk about what happened in the game. What we expected to see, what we did see, who you ran into at the tailgate. You had the most awesome tailgate of the year so far in 2018. I can't imagine ever being at a tailgate that's more successful than that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about it, man. Let's talk. Just tell me, do you want to start with the pregame tailgate or do you want to start talking about players? Do you want to talk about Justin Fields or do you want to talk about Monty Rice or do you want to talk about Leonard Floyd? (laughs) Well, <laughs> well, let's start with let's let's talk let's start with Monty Rice. Let's talk about G Day. That's where it started, and the crowd, and the seating, and all the action on the field. Eighty-eight thousand, baby, eighty-eight thousand. The largest spring game of any SEC team this past weekend. Crowd was huge. The crowd was huge. It felt like it, it could have been more than that. I've I've seen a couple people report where there's no way it was over eighty thousand. You must not have been there. We went through the the whole spill that McGarity wanted us to do. We got our tickets. In fact, my wife went in one gate with the children. My son and I went in another gate. We got held back at the tailgate for just a second. We wound up with better seats. She was in 301, I think. We wound up with 112, so I got enough for everybody. They gave us like six tickets. We go over to 112. There's not room for one per. Isaiah McKenzie couldn't have found a seat in 112. <laughs> Damn, that's tiny space, my friend. <laughs> exactly. So we wound up in 312, which, I mean, it's not horrible in 312, but that's how the seating worked out. There was nowhere to sit. So anybody that said there was less than 80,000 people in there, they, I don't think they know how to count. Right. It totally looked stacked. Because of the west end zone being closed, it looked stacked. Oh, it was, it was stacked. It was stacked until the second half. I mean, a halftime hit, and people started bailing out quick. 
real. You know why is that? I mean, I've always, I don't know, man. Why is that? that's that is one thing that hasn't changed, even with Kirby Smart, even on ninety three K day, man. People just don't care about the second half. I, I guess there's just nothing compelling once you've seen the starters. You're you're ready to go home, ready to drink beer, ready to go to five bar or something like that. I don't know, but nobody stays to the end hardly. I used to stay religiously stay to the end. 93K day, I stayed to the end. That was my yeah. last stay to the end. Last year, we left close to the fourth quarter. This year, we left as Krypton Fanfare was playing to go back to the tailgate. And for me, it's just to beat the crowd just a little bit. Other sure. than that, when, when there was nobody in the stadium, I would be the last guy there. I wanted to see every everything. <laughs> But that's my boy. Now that you're packed to the gills, for me, G Day is more about the festivities than it is the actual play. Right. That's where it's going. So, well, let's talk about actual play for a second. Because, you know, going into the game, we did the awesome, super secret, never before heard. Uh, pre-game show last week where we talked about what we hope to see we wanted to see something out of the offensive line we wanted to see what the running backs could do uh, you know you had the from versus field sort of thing how are the defensive backs we we had a lot of things we were thinking about a lot of things we were wanting to look at turns out not a big game for running backs unless you're a running back wanting to catch a pass, right? right, right. Um, Brian Harrion made a living off catching passes out of the backfield. He's pretty good um, at that. He is pretty damn good at it, right? The offensive line looks gigantic and and quick and everything you would expect out of the offensive line. I was really, I mean, they looked good. Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell how good they are really because of the, the sack rule and all that kind of stuff, you know, but... Um, it does look like Kirby was teasing us about the defense not being ready, right? Kirby's being Kirby. Like I said, actually, they didn't get to hear it, but Kirby controls the narrative. <laughs> Be Absolutely. it to motivate or to keep it away from the media, whatever it is, Kirby controls it. And, yeah, I think so. I, th- I think it was all a little farce to just motivate and get these kids to play a little harder because the defense looked pretty good to me. They really did. They did. Safeties, J.R. Man, Reed, Richard LeCount, looking good, man. Real good. J.R. Reed, he he, he did a great Roquan impression, in my opinion, though it's a different position, but he, he was just all over the place. He was flying to the ball. He looked really fast live. I, don't, I haven't went back and watched it yet, so I don't know what he looked like on TV, but live, he looked explosive. Yeah, and also speaking of doing his best Roquan imitation, uh, Monty Rice was trying hard and playing sideline to sideline. You know, he's not there, but, man, he's giving it damn effort, no doubt about it. There's no, no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Monty Rice, just like JRE, did his best Roquan impression. The thing is, last year a lot of people, they kind of slept on Monty Rice. He was only a three-star kid from Alabama, but I heard from lots of people that Monty Rice was very high on Kirby's board, higher than some even five-star recruits. Right. So I'm not that surprised. He, he's, he's separating himself, and that's what we need. Yeah, but I mean, because you look at a guy like McBride, McBride also trying to separate himself and step up and improve his game, and his tackling – 
clearly left something to be desired. If you look at the way guys like J.R. Reed tackles, J.R. Reed was an incredible tackler. We talked about how few missed tackles he had last year. I mean, hell, J.R. Reed was doing a pretty good Roquan Smith imitation in 2017, right? J.R. Reed was was Roquan's understudy last year, especially in terms of tackling efficiency. Those guys had astronomical tackling efficiencies, and J.R. Reed picked right back up where he left off in 2017, and Monty Rice also kicking ass. Nate McBride, he's got some work to do. He's got a little work to do, and to me, he was raw in high school. So straight line speed, he's as as fast as they come for his size. I mean, he can run you down. If you're in a foot race, you're in trouble. But football player, he's he's still a little rusty. I mean, I think he's going to work hard. I think he'll work into some playing time. Will he get up there with Amati Rice or some of those other guys? I don't know. But I'd rather have him on the team than not, for sure. Yeah, me too. I agree with that. Um, Patrick, uh, Nitres Patrick, looked pretty great. You know, I mean, playing with the seconds, playing with the twos. Uh, DeAndre Baker, awesome i mean you know i think man i think our first team d top to bottom even on the interior defensive line especially we're we'll get to the we're going to get to the haze news here in a second we're going to talk about that in a second in case you guys don't know about the haze news but uh, interior defensive line looked pretty good not not exactly disruptive on the interior defensive line but i think our outside linebackers are Inside linebackers, defensive line, defensive backs, first team D, all 11, they're going to be fine. They're, they're going to be okay. They're going to be good. And I don't know if you got a chance to single out Brenton Cox. That kid is going to be very special. He's so fast. He's huge. So. I didn't get a chance. Whew. But I, I tell you, I, I, I'm perfectly prepared to take your word for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... I was happy. I was really happy with first team D. Really, really happy with first team D. Um, what did you think about the first team offense? I mean, we got to talk about we got to talk about Jake Fromm. I mean, we you know he had a couple of dropped balls. Everybody wants to talk about Fromm and Fields. Fromm with picks and Fields with touchdowns. What what is your take on this on this whole thing? <laughs> After the game, I, I broke out a notepad, and I started with quarterbacks and running backs at the top of my list. What 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 is there to report? And I was going to go on down the line by position group. But I jotted down a QB and an RB, and out beside it it says, nothing to report. And that's as far as my list got. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, There's really nothing to report. This game isn't built for, for, for those guys. I mean, you can see how far a quarterback can throw it, and you may be able to slow it down and look at reads. But as far as pressure, as far as running backs, it's even even less so for the running backs, really. Right. I mean, I mean, or maybe equally. I don't know, because quarterbacks can't get sacked. You can't really talk about Fields' legs, because you don't know. You can't really talk about, I mean, checkdowns. I, I agree. It's not set up for quarterbacks and running backs to be successful. It's absolutely not. But and I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything great. I didn't see anything that was bad. I 
of all these people talking about the quarterback controversy, I mean, I don't know where they're coming up. This it's just a talking point. It's something to get clicks. Something to get clicks, eyeballs, and minutes, right? Absolutely. I totally agree. I, I will say this though, I am a little, and I, I will be off. I will also be honest because I will tell you guys when I don't know, or if I if I know that I don't know, and I had not really thought about this before another reporter had kicked it out there but man after seeing g-day i am really pretty excited about the prospect of justin fields running a wild dog or being in like a slot or something right with this like two quarterbacks on the field kind of thing man can you imagine what he could do with this little halfback pass thing or you know i'm telling you the dimension he adds with his legs and his arm as a just another guy on the field with talent and knowledge, man, man, that is the kind of thing that keeps Jim Chaney up at night drawing on his little chalkboard. Jim Chaney will have a job as long as Justin Fields is in Athens. I'm telling you. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. And first I'm going to say there's no quarterback controversy, guys, period. There's none. But Justin Fields, physically talented – He's the most talented quarterback we have on the roster. There's no doubt about it. The kid checks all the boxes. He's a freshman. He's going to study like Jake Fromm. I, I can't get inside of either head to say he's as smart as Jake. He's going to do things as hard as Jake Fromm, but he's a year behind. So to say there's a controversy, there's not. But the kid is uber talented. I mean, he's a cross between maybe... I'm just throwing it out there. Cam Newton, Jake Fromm, and Matthew Stafford. He's got a huge arm. He can run, and he's smart. So, I mean, there's going to be a time and place for somebody very special. Holy shit. Did you just throw out Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, and Jake Fromm, and you said he's like the best of all those guys? I mean, wow. Just for you to say, hey, there's no controversy. But just so you know, this guy Fields, he, he's gonna get on the he field. He looks like Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, and Jake Fromm all rolled up into one. But I mean, there's definitely no controversy. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure you can have all that shit at once, there, my friend. Well, you can't uh, simply because Jake Fromm took us to a natty. So that's until right. he does something really wrong. That's right. Jake no Fromm is the man until he ain't, and that's I, I exactly totally right. believe that. I totally agree with that. Jake Fromm makes the plays. He, Jake Fromm, has this this thing, right? This whole, you know, they call it the it factor or whatever. He has this magic. Really, not just since he's in Georgia. This kid has had a he has had a charmed life. There's something about Jake Fromm that's hard to quantify. It's hard to find in a stat sheet, but he he's the man. I, I don't know how to tell you. I can't tell you, but when you see him, when you see him work, you see him in practice, you see the things he does, there's something magic about that kid. He just puts it together. I mean, That's beyond the numbers, right? It's beyond the numbers. It's beyond the stature because if you look at him, if you're building a prototypical quarterback, you're not building Jake Fromm. No, but you're totally not. But he but gets you know, it done with that. And just I'm, it's damn wins, man. I mean, he just damn wins. And and the one thing I'll say about Jake, and I didn't see this live because I I did leave at the end of the third quarter to go back to the tailgate, but I watched it on the replay. 
the ball he threw late in the fourth, I think it was Riley Ridley for a touchdown. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that was in the air like 50 yards. So all the talk right. of his arm not being quite there, he just don't quite have the arm. Well, he might not have, but I think he might now. I'll tell you this. I have 100% confidence that if Jake Fromm needed to throw a 70-yard pass to win a game, he could throw it 70 yards if that's what it took to win the game. He just does what is necessary. Um, Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Jake Fromm. I'm a fan of winners, and Jake Fromm is a winner. He's an absolute winner. But, again, no controversy, guys, but (laughs) – and there really is no there's, there's There's really not. But Justin Fields is going to get on the field the this year. Yeah, I'm excited. There's no way in hell Justin Fields is going to redshirt. You guys, that's not going to happen. You guys already know that. If you're listening to this show, you already know that. Yeah, but um, D looks good. O looks good. Let's get it on with some Austin P, baby. I'm ready. I'm ready for Austin P. I'm... This is going to be perfect for this young line. Just to get in there, get that experience we need to lead, lead in the SEC play. Here we are talking about first game in the middle of the spring, but that's how that's how excited we are. That is, that is exactly how excited we are. Now, speaking of something else that I want that I want to tell you that I'm excited about, as excited as I was about seeing the defense and the offense in G Day, and uh, man. I want to talk about the players coming back. I want to talk a little bit about Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb and all the lettermen, all the guys that were in town, Leonard Floyd, Jason Stanley. So, but isn't it just awesome how those kids came back? And I mean, I'm telling you, we are really building something here, man. Like, it's really feels different and special and awesome. It, it, it's it's completely different than what we're used to. Kirby, again, go back to controlling the narrative. I know that sounds so simple, but he he controls it in the locker room, and he's got these kids buy into that. And, and think about Nick Chubb and Sony. They they weren't around him their whole career. They knew him from recruiting because he recruited Georgia. I get that, but they didn't have a relationship like they had with the former regime. Kirby gets in there for one year. And gets two, at at the worst, top three draft picks to come back. Maybe three top three draft picks, top three rounds draft picks right. to come back. Right. That's, he's planting a seed that's growing and growing and growing. And you're going to see right. that with future recruiting classes. The way these guys that are in school are still pulling these youngsters in that may take their job but they're 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 still begging them to come to georgia they're telling because them it's about the bigger picture it's the bigger picture that's absolutely correct kirby sells everybody on the bigger picture and you know i wrote something you know i make show notes about what we're going to talk about and the top line i've had this on my top line since like the week after the national championship. And I haven't really talked about it, but everybody's talking about, oh, you know, man, it's terrible the way 
Sony and Nick Chubb. You know, they were awesome, best ever, best duo ever in college football. Ever. And it, it sucks that they went out on a loss like that, right? And I've had this line. I wrote this line just off the top of my head. I don't remember anybody. I haven't. I didn't read this anywhere else. This is a an original Dogcast thought. But I was thinking to myself that I wrote the story of these seniors, Bellamy, and Chubb and Sony Michelle. Those kids coming back. The story of those seniors is still being written. These guys are still contributing. When they made the decision to come back. It was bigger, man. It was bigger than even the 2017 season, and it continues to pay dividends with guys like DeAndre Baker. And like you said, these other kids are buying in. They think staying is cool. Winning is cool. Being awesome is the, what you're striving for, right? Absolutely, and I've had an opportunity, a fortunate opportunity, to meet a lot of these seniors in the past month or so. And especially Saturday, I had an opportunity to talk to to Davin Bellamy. And first of all, I just told him thank you. Everybody's flying. I was like, look, just thank you. Thank you for everything you brought to me and my family this last season. And, you know, the, the whole... Everybody there is like, well, we hate that you lost. You hate that you lost. And, he, and he's got the best positive attitude about it all. And I was like, don't hold your head down from that. And he's like, I don't. He's like, well, we were very successful. And I was like, right. you are absolutely successful. I mean, we lost to Alabama, who we were favored to lose to. And I know that don't matter. We were winning and should have won or whatever. Offsides, not offsides. We could get into that all day. I don't even want to talk about it. But my point is... These seniors that are going off to play in the NFL right now, they're going with the right attitude. Does it suck for them? They've all told me that it sucked. They don't like it. But they're not disappointed in what they left on the field. Sure. They gave it all they had, dude. And it paid off big, except for that one damn play, one right? Day. I mean, that. but you know, shit, man. It was a great season, the best season ever, best season of our lifetimes. Absolutely. It was awesome. And those guys, those dividends are still paying off. Now, transfer that, let's move a little bit forward and talk about other news. I'm telling you this, this Pat Allen transferring out and Jay Hayes transferring in, I am equally excited about both of those occurrences. And everybody out there should be because I'll tell you, Jay Hayes, you know, you saw the numbers from a quality control standpoint. That kid, that kid, that kid graded out better than Trenton Thompson and on an equal level with Jonathan Ledbetter in 2017. I mean, he's starting defensive lineman for Notre Dame. He comes in and immediately shores up our depth on interior defensive line. It's huge. That's awesome. I will take all the damn Jay Hayes I can get. And equally awesome is the fact, when was the last time you saw a junior offensive lineman who got playing time, started a game? He was the starter over the season last year. Yeah. He started games, and today he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go somewhere else and play football. What does that speak to? What does that tell you about our 
depth and about the bar, where the bar is being set for offensive linemen. Wait, you know what it speaks to? Yeah, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you're going to say it speaks to scholarship management. That and it recruiting. It speaks to damn roster management and recruiting. Recruiting. I know. But the fact that we're comfortable, the fact that we're even in a position to move a guy like Pat Allen out. Hell, I remember we were like, man, we only got like four good offensive linemen. We're hoping somebody <laughs> steps up. We're praying to fill in some gaps. Now we're we have playing, guys leaving. These guys gel. <laughs> we, we have upperclassmen leaving because they're not going to get time. Right, because we got so we got we got damn offensive linemen stacked on top of offensive linemen. We do, and you know we had Andrew Thomas move over to to left tackle. He looked really good, but I was most impressed with Isaiah Wilson and G Day. He got beat a couple times, but he was going up against DeAndre Walker, who is even last year was our best pass rusher. <laughs> I know, and, I know. And how big is Isaiah Wilson, right? Holy huge. crap. And he pancaked Walker more than once in that game. <laughs> I, know, I know. So, all that time on the sideline, watching last year, it worked. And, you know, they had the attitude the kid had. He came in a five-star. Everybody was like writing him off after week one because he wasn't starting. And he, he never – never changed his attitude if you've seen him on the sidelines during games last year he was i mean he was our biggest cheerleader on the sidelines he was getting the, the crowd involved he was watching every play he he never lost focus he was happy to be there and he worked his tail off he's 30 pounds lighter he's faster he's stronger and he's starting absolutely that's the way it's supposed to work right that's exactly the way it's supposed to happen well, that's what and you do it, when you develop players. Right. You develop – that's – I mean, I'm telling you, Sam Pittman going Sam Pittman, baby. I tell you, I love it. I love it. I love what's going on. I love the fact that our staff is comfortable just letting a guy like Pat Allen go, you know? Yeah, Man. Sam Pittman – actually, we have several coaches on our staff that deserve big money. Sam Pittman's one of them. Dale McGee. Yeah, He's another one. He had the number one running back in the nation for 2019 on campus for G-Day and excited about being there. Can you imagine pulling another number one running back for 2019? <laughs> I'm telling you. And, uh, I mean, Del McGee killing the game, dude. Killing uh, it. I don't know what he's telling them, but I like it. I know, right? <laughs> And I tell you, Mel. T I mean, I like. I mean, there's so many good guys on our staff, guys that are getting it done down in the trenches. You know, um, our recruiting strategy is just night and day, 180 degrees out of phase with what it used to be like. We used to pull good recruits, right? But, um, but man, man, it's it's a different kind of thing now. Oh, and by the way, you know, you saw my buddy, the senator. You saw he was talking about, you know, he's he's famous for talking about spring game QBR and Justin Fields and all that stuff, you know. Right. You see, he's talking about Christian LeMay. He brought up the ghost of Christian LeMay oh, and Zach Bettenberger, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So by the time you get excited about a stellar spring quarterback performance, remember your good buddy Christian LeMay and how much he paid off for us, you know. But uh, – 
man, it was a great game. So, so after the game, you had a tailgate. You had like a heart to heart, like a had a heart to heart with Davin Bellamy. Did anybody else stop by the incredible well, tailgate you had? I, I landed at the right tailgate. Absolutely. Prior prior to going in, just behind this particular tailgate is where Devin Gale's fundraiser was. So I got to take the family over there and spend a little money, but to help Devin get his house built. So they got to meet Devin Gales, which was big time. Marshall Marshall Morgan was there. We got to meet him and his family. Went in the game. Like I said, left early. About the fourth quarter, Krypton Fanfare was coming on. We were going out. Got back to the tailgate, and we weren't there three, four, five minutes. And out of nowhere walks up, <clears throat> excuse me, Leonard Floyd. Behind him, or beside him, was Davin Bellamy and Dyshawn Sims. So the next hour, I absolutely got to hang out, talk to all three of those guys. It was uh, the tailgate of all tailgates for Georgia fan. Now, are you predicting when we this fall, when we have a listener meetup, are you predicting a similar sort of former player turnout for the Doncaster tailgates uh, later this fall? Uh, or do you think that was a one and done? Do you think, we're do you never think one like Del McGee, like the great <laughs> Del McGee, can you, new guy, can you pull off that kind of player turnout for a Doncaster tailgate? I, I don't know that I can replicate that tailgate. Leonard Floyd will be playing on Sundays by the time that gets here. So, yeah. do I feel confident that at one of our dog cast tailgates this year we'll have some former Georgia players? I'll, I'll go just about to a guarantee to say that somebody at a tailgate will stop by that suited up for Georgia and probably an All-American. Okay. Well, hell, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I, I will, will, will note that. Show number 457, 30 minutes and 40 seconds in, new guy calls his shot. Um, I'm calling the shot. So, Go ahead. How about the Leonard Floyd thing now, right? You told me something about Leonard Floyd in the pre-show. <laughs> Leonard Floyd was enjoying himself. You got to think. Leonard went from living on, caf- on campus in Athens to a multi-millionaire playing for the Bears. He gets to come home, leave G-Day a little early, gets to witness the SEC championship rings, and come hang out at a tailgate and participate in tailgate festivities. Right. (laughs) Without Jimmy Williamson tracking him on a damn golf cart or something, right? uh, Yeah, he had no one tracking him. He had no one tracking him. He was enjoying himself. He'd have probably had a little more fun if everybody didn't recognize him. Sure. <laughs> but he had a wealth of Georgia fans that all wanted a picture, so he spent a lot of time doing that. But he spent some time. He part- spent some time drinking beer. He, he, he had might a couple beers. A beer or six you know, or I don't more. know if he drank a beer or six, but it'd be safe to say that – he had them in his pockets for he later. He had a lot of beer around him. <laughs> absolutely. He wanted to enjoy himself. And let me tell you, he was an absolutely professional Georgia Georgia fan. I mean, he wasn't even like, oh, I'm an NFL player. I'm out here supporting the dogs like you are. And he had sure. to stop and take some pictures. And What a guy. What a guy. That's- absolutely. Because I wouldn't know what it was like to – to have that bank account or but what's worse than that is having a bank account 
but having you can't walk down the street without people flocking around you and he right he was just happy to be there all of them were they were the that's awesome the Death Star, man. The Death Star is rising in the SEC East, and you can see it with these former players, current players. It is coming together, man, like we always dreamed about it, I think. I really – I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm feeling pretty good about uh, – I'm feeling pretty good about this coming season. I really am. I'm feeling great about the season. I'm even more excited about this recruiting class that's coming together. I, there – Kirby's checking all the boxes. He's getting it right. Man. Oh, God. Football season can't get here soon enough, right? Not soon enough. Absolutely cannot soon enough. I was Just before I got on here, I was I was trying to book a book a room for LSU. That's a game I can't miss this year. I hear you. I hear you. Iconic stadium, man. I'm telling you, that's a – you know, I hope it's a night game. I want to I play at night – in Death Valley and Baton Rouge. Let's get it on, buddy. Big-time football. Big-time football. Big-time. Dog fans, I hope you guys are enjoying Jamie. Give us some feedback on what you think about the new guy. He's excited to hear the good, the bad, what you think. He's a big fan of recruiting. All you guys that are excited about talking about recruiting, send him an email, talk about recruiting. Um, He's even kind of – bringing me around a little bit on this recruiting thing um jamie you got anything else you want to add to the show anything else happened on saturday saturday was saturday was great it's got to be the most memorable g-day i've ever taken part in um after the tailgate it even got it got a little better we went back to the room really we went back to the room showered my wife and i went out for a little while we left the the children there they're of course not underage we have a 21 year old a 17 year old and a eight year old so they were with, with with adults we went over to five bar to have a little dinner while sitting there i seen a couple of the guys that i'm friends with from dognation.com brandon adams and jeff Centel. so they came over and sat and had dinner with us and we got to just chop it up everything georgia football everything g-day everything recruiting just you know to does your wife ever get tired of that shit no my wife's a georgia alum who hardcore hardcore (laughs) i I, i'm not even the fan my wife is if wow yeah no she is a hundred percent georgia bulldogs all day every day so no she never gets tired of it so we just had a blast sitting there talking about everything G-Day in Georgia and look up to the left of us just a few feet away, and there's Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, and Isaiah Wynn. And she's... Dude, she's you're a, living right. Yeah, absolutely. And we got lucky this time. We got real lucky this time. And Nick Chubb is absolutely one of her favorite players ever. Just the person, the player, everything about it. We've had opportunity to meet his mom and his stepdad, and I've had opportunity to meet his dad several times. So we had to stop and talk to to Nick, let her meet Nick finally for the first. We met him in the past in passing. It was a picture situation, didn't get to speak, just snap a shot and keep moving. This time it was a little more personal. He was in a hurry. We didn't want to take too much of his time. But, I mean, to go to G-Day, last year I went with my family, left with my family. This year, 
we met Devin Gales prior to the game. After the game, we spent time with Bellamy, Dyshawn Sims, and Leonard Floyd. After they left, coming to the tailgate, Jason Stanley shows up after the game. <laughs> Apparently, I was tailgating with Jason Stanley's parents the entire time, and I didn't even know it. I, I felt about two foot tall for a little while. I was like, I, did, I had no idea you were his dad. Though you have his jersey on, I'm at, <laughs> maybe I should have noticed. Wow, but you are a damn investigative, deep dive investigative reporter right there. I was not reporting or investigating at that point. I, you know, I had a few cocktails prior to the game. I was just going with the flow. Yeah, I hear you. Man, but, I love it. I love it. But that was my G-Day trip. I tried to post more on the DogCast account. But in true Athens game day fashion, service avoids me from, from myself on there. And I had to wait until after the game so people cleared out, and then, then it allowed me to post some. I try to do better. Next time I'll do a little better. Yep. Yeah, for those of you guys who don't follow Twitter, Jamie was like guest tweeting on the Twitter thing. We're going to share that going forward. But, um, man, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that sounds like a magical G-Day game. It was magical. And we had, a, we had a great performance out of the team. You had a great day, drank some beers. I, unfortunately, missed the game with a unavoidable kid commitment that I had to make, which I told you guys all about in the pregame show last week that never went on the air. So. And we talked about it. We talked about that. Totally did, yeah. And we, we talked a little bit about Spotify. Tell them about Spotify. Hey, so we are going to be on Spotify soon. The, you're going to be able to listen to the Dogcast on Spotify. I'll tell you, Jamie here, the new guy, he has a ton of energy. He's so excited, and he has a bunch of good ideas. So you are going to be able to get uh, the Dogcast on Spotify real soon, definitely before the season starts, and um, we're going to get that worked out. And we've got some other things in process also that are going to make the the experience of listening to the show better better sound quality more accessibility easier to follow easier to listen easier to give feedback jamie is knocking the cobwebs off this thing and trying to drag it even into i don't know even deeper into the 21st century so some pretty exciting things. Oh, and hell, we might even be back on Dog Sports Radio. Jamie's trying to get us back on Dog Sports Radio, which V Sporto Network. If you've been around the Dogcast for a long for a long time, you remember V Sporto. We were with those guys at the beginning, and we kind of drifted apart. But maybe we're going to get back together. Jamie's in favor of it. I don't know. We'll see. I'm in favor of. It. I want to get us everywhere we can possibly get. I'm going back to Smooth Picks. Who can go back that far? If we can go back that far, tweet smooth us. Smooth pick of the week. Absolutely. Oh my Let's go back to smooth pick of the week. Tweet us on Twitter or send us an email. Tell us where, where you listen to us at and where you want to listen to us at, and we'll get there one way or another. Absolutely. Email dogcast at gmail.com. Call us at 706-363-0210. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, at dogcast. We're everywhere, and um, we're getting to be in more places, more directories, more. You're going to be – we're going to be everywhere. So, Jamie, overall, a successful weekend. Thanks for being on the show, man. We appreciate having you in the bunker 
Dog fans, let us know what you think about the show. Give us some ideas about what you want to hear out of the next season. We probably won't be doing a ton of stuff. Jamie wants to do a damn show every week from now till August. But uh, maybe once a month from now till August. I don't know. I've got to temper. I've got to, I've got to pace the young grasshopper. i got to pace him just a little bit. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Go dogs. Jamie, thanks for being on the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Go dogs.